0: You are Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the G Family Performance Center in Edmond, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, your Bruce Wayne wannabe, Eric G. Thank you so much for making us a part of your weekend and coming up on this episode of Locked On Sooners. We are going to hear from Lincoln Riley. We have more audio from his signing day press conference, and we're going to touch on a couple of things that are big here for OU. One, there are going to be changes next year on the coaching staff. So how did you convince kids who may have developed certain relationships with position coaches to stay with their commitment to OU and ultimately sign at OU? Lincoln Riley will explain that and... We'll get into that whole debate. Do you commit to a school or do you commit to a coach? And I will tell you why. If I'm a player or I'm a parent, I say commit to the coaches. Also, if you don't know how many kids are in the transfer portal now, it might exactly blow your mind. It might just blow your mind. Actually, it may not um, if you followed recruiting in college football at all. But, uh, wow, we'll, we'll discuss that. And is there a possibility that Jalen Hurts is going to play against OU coming up December 29th and then end up at OU for the last part of his career. All that coming up in segment number one on Locked On Sooners. In segment number two, it's been a huge week, huge busy week for OU because not only do you have National Signing Day, which is now happening two times a year, but you've also got to get ready for the Alabama Crimson Tide How did Lincoln Riley manage all that? We'll get into a little bit of that. Plus, it's almost as if we think that the head coach does it by himself, but there's a reason that OU, Alabama, and just about every other college in America have an army of people to help you out on days like that. And if you're not watching the OU men's basketball team, oh my gosh, incredible performance on Friday night against Northwestern. They're 11 and 1 on the year. They are 16th in the net rankings. I don't know what that means for the Big 12 because there there are still a couple of issues that I would like to see them get worked out. I'll tell you what it is, but man, one thing you cannot you cannot give this team enough credit on is grit and cohesiveness. They are really really good. Um in those two categories. So, yeah, and um, I'll tell you what I see and who I think needs to get better if they're going to contend in the NCAA tournament. All that coming up. My name is Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I've covered both OU men's basketball and OU football for quite some time now. I say quite some time. It's only five years. I mean, not not quite to James Hale status yet. Not quite to Barry Trammell status on, on how far I've covered or uh, how long I've covered these teams. I am the co-host of Game Day Saturday, which can be heard on News Radio 1000 KTOK and 1340 The Game, and I run a website called Sooner Maven, and you can find that at collegesports.io/oklahoma for Sooner Maven, as we do discussion articles and a lot of video and audio on Sooner Maven. So it's it's a new way of covering OU that really hasn't been done before. I'm excited about it, and I hope uh, you are as well, and you will check it out. National Signing Day is coming on for OU, and the preparations for Alabama are set to begin now. Well, heck, what's set to begin? They've been going on for quite some time. That was kind of a dumb thing to say. Anyway, uh, with OU, and consider... I mean, think about what's going on at OU for a second. Let's just pause and take a step back for everything that's going on at Oklahoma right now. One, you're getting ready to play in a college football playoff game against what some people consider Maybe the best college football team of all time. We'll also tell you that the 2003 Oklahoma Sooners were supposed to be the best college football team of all time. Didn't exactly work out in their favor. You've had National Signing Day. You are also in the midst of maybe trying to wrangle a couple of transfer kids to come to OU who are in the transfer portal. And... um you're trying to find a new defensive coordinator and figure out what your staff is going to look like next year. And Lincoln Riley can say, he can prioritize and say, well, things don't matter as much today as they might here in the near future. But the bottom line is, is all of this matters. And you've got to be extremely well organized to handle every single bit of this. We'll talk more about that in segment number two. But with you trying to find a new defensive coordinator and with you knowing that changes are going to happen on this staff, you have, de- you have had position coaches who have developed really strong relationships with kids that they're not going to get the opportunity to coach here in a couple of weeks. And to Lincoln Riley's credit and to the staff at OU's credit, you think they've been, you- at least from what Lincoln Riley is telling us, And I haven't read or heard anything to to dispel this. They've been open and honest with these kids about what is going to happen. And that, yes, the guy that recruited you may not be here next year, depending on what your position is. Because, obviously, we were good enough to to get into the college football playoff, but we may not be good enough to win a national championship. And there's a standard at OU that we're not living up to, so we got to make these changes. So you have, to, you have to tell these kids, you have to be honest with them. And if you can still get them to sign on the dotted line by telling them that the guy that they bonded with the most, the coach that they liked the best throughout this entire process of all the coaches that they've met at all these other schools, then you are one hell of a salesman. You are in fact the best in the country and that's what Lincoln Riley is becoming. And I will say this much, um, as a parent who may be lucky enough to have a kid go through this, and just as somebody who wasn't fortunate enough to go do this, commit, commit to the coach. And I don't have a problem with kids leaving universities to follow coaches wherever they go because that's the whole reason you're going to play anyway is because you wanted to commit, commit to the coach. Do not, under any circumstances, don't commit to the school. Even if it's your dream school, don't commit to the school. Because what we have seen happen in college football, and this doesn't get enough, this doesn't get enough play for me, is that when you have coaching changes, New coach comes in, wants to run a different system, or has certain things that he needs to accomplish. You don't fit that system. Even though you've committed to the school, you're loyal to OU, you're loyal to Texas or Alabama or wherever it is, they can take that scholarship away at any given moment. And you're better off committing to somebody that you like, somebody that you feel has your back, even though you find out after the recruiting process that, hey, you go from being recruited to being coached and that that can be a whole nother rough world as it is. But I would trust the guy that recruited me a lot more than an incoming coach. And the other thing that I hate for kids during this whole process is sometimes you commit to a school, you're fired up, you're ready to go there, new guy comes in, you have told all these other coaches, I'm going here, this is where I am 100%. He takes that scholarship offer away and now you're caught scrambling. It's a tough world out there. It's a tough world for coaches. It's an extremely tough world for kids. And as a parent, I don't know how you go through it because how could you possibly trust anything anybody tells you knowing that their job depends on wins and losses and it's just, it's that cutthroat. It's it's more cutthroat than a lot of things we get into in the business world and that's becoming extremely cutthroat here in America. But here is Lincoln Riley because he was asked that question by Barry Trammell, and I think we've got Barry's question in here. Here is Lincoln Riley on getting kids to stay at OU despite the fact that the position coach that they really bonded with may ultimately end up leaving. Lincoln, there's the uh, there's the uncertainty maybe for players about who the defensive coordinator will, will be, but what about what about position coaches that are out recruiting those guys? How curious are players about those jobs, and what are you able to tell them as far as reassurances that those guys will be will also be there or? or not i guess yeah
1: i mean i think again you you always have to be as honest as you can with what you know right now and uh they know they know what i know and uh, they know what these coaches know you know that uh, just like any season any school in america you're going to sit down at the end of the year and you're going to evaluate things and there's no you know players know there's no guarantees for coaches anywhere i mean i but i do think our players consistently across the board can feel the stability within this program right now. And it's this is as stable of a program and a setting and a staff as you're, you know, as you're gonna find. I mean Oklahoma is, is just as long as you don't see this program doing this, you know, it stays right there. And that, that level of stability can be felt when these guys come on official visits, when they get around the program, when they compare it to other places they go, they they feel that. And so uh, I think they, they understand where we're at. We've been totally up front, and I think they're confident in any direction that we decide to take.
0: A lot has been made of, of, of <coughs> keeping the defensive class together despite the defensive coordinator change you made in October. Were, was that something you were worried about at all uh, in the aftermath of that, that it might shake things up a little bit?
1: I mean, you know it's possible, uh, but I don't think you can let that stand in the way of doing what you think's right. And and I I felt like we had built up You know enough of a relationship with these guys. Um, I think Oklahoma had made, in general, had made enough of an impression on these guys that, you know, if you lose a guy or two over it, yeah, you hate it. But uh, you know, you got to go find other people, and that's uh, and that's part of it. But I think they understand the direction we're going. They understand. Uh, you know, that we're always going to be looking out to make things better and we're not going to let anything stand in the way of trying to make this thing as good as we possibly can. we got a great pipeline in Allen, Texas. Yeah. gonna be disappointed if you don't ever get who you want out of there. Cause it could like you just go two or three every year. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, you know, Allen's been great to us as have so many schools across the country in Oklahoma and Texas, uh, East coast, West coast. We've got some though that, that have really, you know, been good to us and Allen certainly towards the top of the list, if not at the top with, you know, what, what Kyler, you know, Bobby Lee, Tay Evans, obviously EJ, Theo today, that school has just been, has been tremendous. And so, uh, you know, I think there's, you know, what those guys have been able to see is a history of not only guys coming here, but coming here and doing extremely well. And so, uh, yeah, great relationship with those guys, those coaches, and it's it's uh, been very, you know, I think we've been good to them and they've been good to us. Do you know what you want your defense to look like next year? Right now, today, do you know exactly what you, want, or are you going to hire a coordinator and say, "It's yours," or does it even matter today? Oh, it doesn't matter a ton today. You know what matters today is getting this class signed and trying to get ready to beat Alabama. Uh, uh, you know, have I thought about it? Some here traveling, doing all this. Yep, sure, sure I have. Um, but I know I don't have to make a decision right now. I know that you know, things are going to continue to evolve and change both in our program and on the outside that could have effects on that. But um, would you, generally speaking, do I know what I'm looking for? Yes.
0: This is why I say if you want to know who the new defensive recruiter is at OU, find a recruit, ask them, because they probably have a pretty good idea of it. I don't know how that they wouldn't have a good idea of it because you're wanting to know what kind of change is is going to be made at the school then I want to know who the new guy is coming in. Speaking of new guys coming in, um, it could be Jalen Hurts eh, coming in to OU instead of Justin Fields coming in to OU. That rumor's out there that uh, Jalen Hurts could end up possibly at Maryland going with Mike Loxley to play there and just pick up where those two left off during Mike Loxley's time at Alabama. OU is a possible place, Florida State, is another place getting mentioned for him. But if you're asking me, who would I rather have, Justin Fields or would I rather have Jalen Hurts? Well, one, I'd rather have Justin Fields because I I really do think that once the lawyers get involved, he's going to have an opportunity to play three years, and he is a tremendous athlete. But if you can get a guy like Jalen Hurts, you need, you have to, you must welcome him into open arms because the kid is just a flat-out winner. And sometimes you need that more than you need incredible athletic ability. You just need somebody that knows how to win. And Jalen Hurts can certainly do that. And the knock on him at Alabama is that he couldn't throw. He looks like he's definitely improved there. I just hope if he's the one playing against OU when this is his audition to come to Norman, that he doesn't burn him too bad. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up in segment number two. Well, we're going to go back to some of the things we talked about in segment number one. How do you prioritize? How do you keep it all in order? You're preparing for Alabama. You're also dealing with National Signing Day. Lincoln Riley talks about it here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. If you're not slinging yet, I don't know what your hang-up is. These are modern times. Everybody is open to a new lifestyle, a change in their life. And you know what? We don't judge. Actually, we do judge because... If you're not slinging, I judge you harder than, way harder than if you are slinging. If you are slinging, then, hey, welcome to the club because my wife and I are doing it and it is a fantastic way to live. Why? Well, because we don't have to pay near as much for cable. You know, looking at the bill now, it's it's about $30 and I'm getting everything that I want to watch. I get to watch on any device. Why would I do anything else? How did I survive without Sling TV? That is the question that we ask every day around this house is how did we survive without Sling TV because it's been just, it's given us it's given us so much in our family. It's given us so much in our life. And that seven-day free trial, that alone should be able to put you over the top. All you got to do is go to sling.com slash locked on, sling.com slash locked on, get a seven-day free trial, find out why so many people. Are going this way and why you will want to go this way it's sling tv sling.com slash locked on and become a slinger well right now Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: You are locked on Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast
0: Network. We've dropped another episode of Locked On Thunder and that can be found on your smart speaker. Hey, Google play Locked On Thunder podcast. Alexa, play Locked On Thunder podcast. It's easy to get. It's also on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. It's the Locked On Podcast Network at lockedonpodcastnetwork.com or just lockedonpodcast.com. Your team every day. Thank you for listening to us this weekend. It's the Locked On Sooners podcast and Lincoln Riley. I don't know how how he does it. Actually, I do know how he does it, but Going back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show, everything that's going on with OU right now, trying to find the defensive coordinator, getting prepped for Alabama, signing kids, living in that constant state of recruiting because you're never not recruiting as a college coach. One way or another, you're always recruiting. You're always trying to get the best athletes to come to your school. And here's how you do that. Well, one, you've got to be extremely well-organized and the majority of head coaches are extremely well-organized. That's how they've gotten to where they are now. But two, you've got an army of people underneath you and, and folks like Annie Hanson and, and Kel Gundy and Bill Bedenboe. I mean, these are just guys helping you out with the X's and O's. And then you've got other people helping out with the recruiting and um, you've got a guy like Clark Stroud. I mean, it, they say it takes a village... <laughs> They say it takes a village. I don't know if it takes a village. It doesn't seem big enough to run one of college football's major programs in America. It takes a full-on city. And that's exactly what Norman is for OU and just in that complete athletic department. So it allows you, it frees you up to concentrate on what you need to concentrate on at that moment. And I don't have any doubt in my mind that Lincoln Riley is good enough and can handle multitasking. But um, it does seem overwhelming for a guy like me being in charge of that many people doing that many things. Yeah, that would be overwhelming to me. I'm in charge of one website. I'm in charge of doing two podcasts. And then I've got some other stuff that I do that that's about it. It's about all I can handle doing what he does. He totally has my admiration. So how big is it? to be getting ready for a national championship game now that you've got early signing period, which has certainly added another dimension to this. Here is Lincoln Riley from his press conference on NSD.
1: Lincoln, this is a... Uh, this is Everybody likes the early signing period, it appears. But does a December, or whatever this is, 19th, you're playing the 29th. Uh, is that too condensed, too close? I mean... You're playing Alabama in 10 days and here you're having to worry about recruiting. Yeah, no, it's good for us. If it's, you know, now if I'm playing in one of those games on the, you know, 20th, 21st, 22nd, that would be a lot. I I don't know how those guys have done it. So, uh, you know, hopefully we don't play in any of those. Um, so it's been good to be later, certainly. it's uh, Has it been a little hectic during this time? Yes, but we, I mean, keep in mind, we still You know, we're used to playing on on seven days. So, I mean, we've still got more than that time, and we've been able to get a lot of work done. So I don't feel – it's been a lot, yes, but I don't feel rushed or uncomfortable with it at all. Lincoln, last year was the trading cards. This year, album covers. How happy are you with how that came together? What's been feedback from recruits or families, stuff like that? Yeah, feedback's been, you know, been awesome. I mean, they – I guess we just try to show them with that that, you know, this place is different, and, and we're going to do things that other people aren't to, to highlight you here, to help you once you get here. Uh, we're going to be creative. We're going to continue to, you know, to kind to push the boundaries of this thing. And I, we've done some really, really unique things, content-wise that I think have been great for our recruits. I know I think our fans have really enjoyed it. We've heard from a lot of people around the country that nobody is doing things like what you're doing. And uh, so, and again, give our, give our recruiting staff a ton of credit. That was a ri- their original idea. We're gonna have a really cool signing day party in here in the facility here in about an hour and a half with, with some of our, some some of our top boosters, all of our coaches and staff, just a t- chance to celebrate all this. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, this is a special day. This is a life changing day for a lot of these kids. And we wanna make sure that we do everything we can so they can remember it. Um, and it sends a message to all those out there in the future that. You know, th- this place is going to do anything and everything for you. And uh, so, yeah, it's what a, what a great idea and executed beautifully by our team.
0: Got, I'm sorry, what was, the, what was the behind the, uh, the decision or the idea to incorporate local businesses into those videos?
1: Just kind of our, our, create, our team wanted to have a, a different way to announce these guys. Um, and as the whole record deal came together, um, they didn't want it to be kind of just the same thing. They wanted each guys to be unique and, and this community and what they do is important to us. So it, it kind of worked as far as, as making it unique for each and every guy and involving this community that gives us so much support and, and all that the the city of Norman does. So yeah, it was just a perfect match.
0: And then playing in the college football playoff is something that certainly helps you with recruiting and, for for a lot of kids it, kids are interesting because sometimes you get the win it's going to drive a kid towards your program sometimes you lose or sometimes you lose you have that big loss and kids come in saying they want to change the culture they want to be the one that turns things around and put you on that put you in that talk of being one of the not just elite programs in college football but they want you to be talked about in the same breath with Alabama and it, it, I, as far as putting stock in the wins and the losses in big games like this, I don't put so much stock into that as recruiting as much as I do it being just about those personal relationships that coaches develop with these athletes on a day-to-day basis with them. The, the texting, the staying in constant contact, being able to, to talk to their parents, to me that's... The wins and the losses, yeah, they certainly do matter. The facilities matter, but for me, it's about that one-on-one relationship and who you really vibe with. That's what ultimately makes the difference for a lot of these kids. Coming up next here on Locked On Sooners, 11-1. and one. Is it good enough to get OU into the NCAA tournament right now? Well, yeah, the answer is yes, but is it good enough to make them competitors in the Big 12? We'll discuss here on the Locked On Sooners podcast.
1: You are Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners
0: podcast. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am Eric G. Thank you for joining us today. Um, What a win last night for the OU men's basketball team. But before we talk about that, remember Locked On Thunder is available. Google, Alexa, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple iTunes should say, hey, Google, play Locked On Thunder podcast. Hey, Google, play Locked On Sooners podcast Alexa, play Locked on Thunder podcast, or Alexa, play Locked on Sooners podcast. It's all part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. OU goes into Evanston last night, beats Northwestern in overtime. And one of the things that, that I've noticed about this OU basketball team that has got to change, and this has been a three-game issue, if you ask me, is they're giving up way too many points in the paint. And Jemani McNeese only plays seven minutes in last night's win. I don't know how much of that had to do with injury or the fact that Christian Doolittle was just so effective that Long Kruger didn't want to mess with that, which I don't, if that's the way, if you want to ride the hot hand, ride the hot hand. And Christian Doolittle has been fantastic in these last couple of games, and, and so has Brady Manick. And, and, and the team as a whole has been really good. And I'll get to why they're really good here in just a second and some things they're doing that make them good. But let's get the issues out of the way. Got to be better in the paint, especially when it comes to the Big 12. And when you're getting ready to play a team like Kansas, who is more athletic, more physical than you, Texas Tech watched a little bit of Baylor last night. You can't give up as many easy points in the paint as they have a tendency to do. And yeah, against USC and and Northwestern, you can say that they're playing better post players, but I expect more from them. And Jamani McNeese has got to figure out a way to stay on the court because even if he's not giving it to you offensively, he's so important defensively to this team that he's got to be out there as much as possible. The other thing, Aaron Kalixty, love the kid, love his energy, but at times he'll go Russ Westbrook on you. And what I mean by that is that he will go, you saw it happen a couple of times against Northwestern. He'll go ISO, he'll take a bad shot. You're not Russell. You may be a score-first point guard. That may be the way you want to roll, but there are times you can relax and sit the offense. By the way, love Jamal the enemy. Love the way that that kid's playing. Overall, this team has more grit than last year. And one of the reasons where I th- I think they're more cohesive and they have more grit and they're playing together as a team is that we criticize Trey Young a lot, but they're also making up for the loss of Trey Young. With him not being there, you have no choice but to try and get better at what you're doing. You have to play a level above when you lose a guy like that. The other thing is just very simple one, you've got experience on this team, but. Guys like Freeman have gotten better this year. Christian Doolittle's making up for the lost time that he had last year, never really got going. Jemani McNeese is better. Brady Mack, there is not a guy on this team who hasn't improved. And the year after the Final Four, we saw Jordan Woodard kind of go down in the tank. And then last year it was really all about Trey Young. And guys were good at the beginning. They weren't as good at the end. And we can argue about what what made that happen. But everybody's just gotten better with experience. And if they continue to just progress and keep playing the way that they are now, I have no doubt in my mind they'll be one of the top three teams in the Big 12. And that's saying a lot because TCU, Texas Tech, they're both really good. Don't sleep on Texas too much this year. But there's a lot that this team can accomplish. Um, Are they a second weekend team? Greg Marshall thinks they are. I'm not ready to go down that road yet. I want to see how they do against Kansas before I, I, I put that stamp on them. But I certainly like what I see. There's a lot of hustle there. And Long Kruger and his staff deserve a lot of credit for the way that they have made this team play this season. If you haven't seen them, your next opportunity down in Norman happens on January 5th against Oklahoma State. And even though the Cowboys have had their struggle, Bedlam always turns out to be a lot more than what we bargained for. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am Eric G. I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, We will podcast on Monday, but no podcast on Christmas Day. We'll be back on the 26th. May you be safe this weekend and everything that you're doing. May God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. And then, of course, peace, love, and boomer soon.
1: You are Locked On Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish, you get the idea.